Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No The O'Chelly Effect is sponsored by WallStreetWindow.com and listeners like you. And now, and now the most underrated voice in all media, Chuck O'Chelly. Sorry to interrupt the weird world of replays at Ocelli.com. Of course, it is live on a Thursday, the 21st, is it? Yeah, the 21st day of September, 2023, allegedly, according to that thing we call a calendar. And, uh, hey, this is the show that you might have been listening to. But then again, I think I actually had a jaded replay on there from 2015. All right, well, look, that doesn't make any sense if you're catching the podcast, so who cares, right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the Ocelli effect. And indeed, it is a Thursday. I have Michael Swanson with me, the man behind WallStreetWindow.com. Be in the know. Go to WallStreetWindow.com. We're going to be at the conference there in Lancer this year. Together again, which uh, we haven't done together anyway since 2017. That's going to be nice. Hey, he's also the author of The War State and Why the Vietnam War, the first in a series of books on that conflict. Um, And you can see all that stuff on the sidebar at Ocelli.com. Click on those links. You can go pick up those books if you haven't already. I mean, come on, man. Uh, Get the digital version. Buy them as gifts. Do that, too. Anyway, all that aside, and going to WallStreetWindow.com. Sign up, by the way, because I like Mike's emails. Uh, really interesting little rundowns of news and stuff like that. Plus other little heads up here and there. If you know how to read them, then you can read them. All right. What does that mean? I have no idea. Mike, <laughs> I am uh, amping up the discussions on the JFK topic. And oddly enough, I said, look, Mike, whatever you want to cover this Thursday, please, by all means, because you haven't been here. So I got to find out how you you did on your last trip uh which you i think you mentioned that you were going to go play cards somewhere uh i don't know tell me about that if you want tell me about what's going on but first tell me how you're doing tonight i'm doing good yeah i just went out of town i, I just broke even basically so not, nothing much to really brag about but uh yeah while i was gone i noticed you interviewed walt brown and and um larry hancock and um Alan Dale, right? Well, uh, which we had to talk about. It's always that. great to hear from all three of them. Yeah, we had to talk about that news item because you saw the Paul Landis revelation, right? Oh yeah, that's uh, right. I, and, yeah, and that was like that a Rorsch- was last week. Yeah, that was like a Rorschach test because there were people out there going. <laughs> Hey, look, I mean, Gerald Posner even started making rounds again, right? Which always cracks me up when he does. But see, see, the single bullet theory still stands. Okay. Uh, Gary Aguilar showed up on a couple of TV shows, radio shows, a few places to say, hey, look, here's proof that the single bullet theory is uh, a falsehood. 
Other people went on to rant and rave about it in other ways. People were blogging about it like crazy, and I'm sitting there shaking my head because the whole time I'm going, it's one guy's statement, first of all. I know it's a book, and he's getting lots of traction. I mean, uh, pre-release book, the book's not even out officially, right? Uh, and it was like a number one bestseller already on Amazon. <laughs> Right. I mean, not, I don't know if it's number, like it's number one in its categories. I don't know how they do that anymore, but you know what I mean? Like, but it's selling well for a book that isn't even out yet. Uh, all because Paul Landis of all people is making, you know, big sweeping statements about finding a bullet. Um, and it contradicts his previous statements and it contradicts a whole lot of other things. And I'm going, but it's just yet another statement. Aren't we used to this already? Uh, anyway, and then there were other people that were complaining that nobody knows how to talk about this because it's all a fabrication. They're just going to lie to you anyway. And I'm, oh my God, I've never seen so much ado about very little. Uh, so I tried to tackle it with the most sober people I could find, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, Walter was just good to talk to because haven't talked to him in a while. I'm actually planning on bringing him back again, uh, soon. I don't think enough people are talking to Walt Brown, so why not? But uh, tonight I'm going to talk to you a little about the JFK assassination because you just decided, hey, look, uh, I found uh, an interview online, and I I don't know. I'll let you set it up a bit because I think this is really fascinating what it is that you're observing about this. So uh, go go ahead and tell people what it is you found, why you sent me this clip, and and I have it here loaded up so we can play it right here on the show uh, and let people hear it. Yes. you know, it, it, I just it just popped up by happenstance in my YouTube. I mean, everyone who uses YouTube at least occasionally knows it's algorithmic driven, and they deliver things they think you're going to be interested in, and they popped up some little short 60 minute clip of a Paul Newman interview, and the title of it got my attention. So I listened to it mm. and found. What he said, interesting, and I know you got it, so I thought it'd be a good um, jumping off point. But the title was The Real Reason for Kennedy's Assassination. I, I watched it, and, and then I found some podcast guy I never heard of, Danny Jones, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he's got like a couple eight-minute clips of of Newman and I watched those too after the sixty minute one yeah. and then he's got a really long uh, audio podcast somewhere on the internet I I it's I don't have the time to to listen to that now but I'm always interested to hear what John Newman has to say anyway right. uh, I don't necessarily agree with every point he says but. I don't care because he's one of the people doing serious research. And in one of the clips that I watched, he described himself not as someone that is saying I have all the answers, but someone who is studying it and researching it and is on like a journey. Right. And uh, I want to talk about what he, how he described that uh, in, in a little while. Uh, he doesn't say that in the short clip. But at the same time, as I, as I saw this, this week right. I've been reading a book about the uh, collapse of the Soviet Union, and I just happened to read two chapters about a coup that uh, took place. They tried to, the KGB and the army, the, the, the Soviet army, right. 
the, the head of it, they tried to overthrow Gorbachev, and I read a chapter about that. So I was reading about a coup, and 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 then. Um, and then, and then listen to this. And then, of course, the whole topic is something I'm very interested in, you know, the Kennedy assassination. And, well, right. And how these things, these coups, how they actually do take place historically. And, you know, there's some of them we can really study in great detail. The Kennedy assassination is an event that we don't really have. <laughs> the complete, uh, you know, details of, of what truly happened or was, you know, who, who was really responsible for it. I don't think we can really prove it, but, um, it, it, you know, we're dealing with, uh, you have to kind of, uh, theorize a little bit. Well, right. Look, I, there, there's there's a lot to unpack here. Okay, so let's let's uh, uh, get straight to it. I'm, I'm going to play okay. the clip, and uh, look, it is it is 60 seconds about uh, thereabouts. Okay, approximately 60 seconds of, of John Newman on this podcast. No, I never heard of this guy before. This is a standard formula nowadays. The thing people kept telling me to do when I still had a YouTube channel is make a short YouTube video and then draw people to your podcast with this. It apparently worked for you. Uh, to go get you. The algorithm you're talking about, very funny to me because obviously they, they try and give you stuff. If you've been watching stuff on the JFK assassination on YouTube, then they're going to shove things at you that are tagged that way, etc., etc. So, of course, you got this. And they're trying to push these uh, shorts at you a lot more when yeah. you go there. Now, I, I lost when, when I lost my YouTube channel, they also took away my whole account. So I had to start over again. So this is very interesting to me because, you know, my account is again loaded up with the same thing it gives me like interests and things like that of course uh it does remind me of, of an old bill hicks uh, uh, uh routine here <laughs> you know well even the pigeons in dallas knew it was coming you know how i know that they were going coo coo uh you know yeah i okay I can't do Bill Burr, guys. I mean, Bill Burr, look at me. I'm, I'm doing the wrong one. Bill Hicks. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. The, the jokes notwithstanding, all that stuff notwithstanding. What I found interesting is the reactions to John Newman, which again, all right. You and oh I yeah, both. That, that was another thing I, I forgot all about that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that, that's it. That was interesting too. In, in uh, you know, when you look at the comments to the videos, these video clips, the people are slamming him. Oh yeah, brutally. And 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 for no, they don't even explain why. They're just like, you're a liar. You know, lies. I mean, and it's just like it's really yeah. I was like, what? No, you know, it's really crazy. It you know, looks, and I feel like these people right. making these comments have no idea who he even is, but, but or what, or know, or know anything about the topic themselves. I don't even know what they're talking about. Well, of course, see, that's the fun part, right? Every time I put out something, you you don't know this because I don't have a you know I don't have a YouTube comment section anymore. But I mean, and and <laughs> you you can come to my website and comment, but if you're going to come to my website, you'd actually have to you know. I don't know, come and do something and, and do a little bit of uh, exploration for a minute. But you can't really comment in a lot of places unless you're going to rate me on iTunes or whatever, right? Um, but when I have open comments or just accepting emails and messages and things, I get barraged with the same crap you see under this guy's video clips, which is too funny because this guy probably doesn't even read them, uh, and, and I wouldn't blame him. Uh, why? Because they're just yelling at, at Newman about all kinds of crazy things. 
And it's just like, no, you don't know what you're talking about because you don't understand the deep state. You know, it's like, I mean, yeah, right. And like, okay. And then you move down a little bit. Hey, Lee Harvey Oswald's girlfriend said this, and I'm going, oh, God. All right. So we know what that is. Moving on. I mean, it's just, anyhow, let's play the clip. Let's okay. see if anybody thinks, you know, that, that we're crazy. But before we go there, um, and, and before we play the clip, there's another thing I want to mention here because you said, also, you know, look, it kind of has this title. It, it, it's got a clickbaity sort of title where it's like, and there's a lot of them out there. Um, there is one documentary that claims we've now solved the case that's on, oh God, Amazon Prime Video, which I was planning to do a cooperative thing to take it apart uh, on a show, but that, that kind of got derailed. Um, this documentary is horrible and they, they solve nothing. They, they put out a bunch of poor speculations based on a lack of understanding of the history, based on no understanding of the media, based on no understanding of the films. They judge the films. I mean, there's all kinds of craziness there. Um, and the funny thing is this is people put money into it. Most people don't. They just sit behind a keyboard and comment and throw shade and throw popcorn at the movie screen. I mean, th- this is pretty much what people do from their homes now or their telephones or whatever it is they're using to listen to these podcasts or clips or whatever. And I don't know if it's worse on TikTok and worse in the YouTube shorts and worse. And I don't know. Wh- I don't know where it's worse, but it is crazy. The people that actually take the time to pound out these comments one way or another, or maybe they're using talk to text. I'm not sure. Um the, the level of non-understanding, the level of they think they know something because they saw another video that they liked somewhere, uh, and, and everything else. And, and like you said, you, you can disagree with John about his, uh, you know, conclusions if you like, and I certainly do about a couple things. Um, and you could <clears throat> say that he should probably go in certain other directions about certain things maybe. But to say that the guy, like, basically doesn't do any research, has no clue what he's talking about or anything else, um, is just, it's just ignorance beyond ignorance. I, I don't understand it. Like I said, it's the same Rorschach test where it's like, I see what I want to see and that's what counts. But anyway, that, that's an important thing to note. Let's get to the clip though, because I think the clip is, I don't know, not so bad. Like, let, let you and I listen to this, Mike, and comment about that. Like, if you were to throw a comment on here, it wouldn't sound or look like what these people are doing, uh, which I think is fair enough. Anyway, let's get to that. And then I do want to hear about your thoughts on the general idea about the mechanisms that John describes here. Because uh, I got to say, it's reasonably sound what he says. And also, whenever you're invited to go talk to somebody, any podcaster, whatever, I mean, even when I'm invited to go do this stuff. Uh, They almost always go, okay, so who did it? You know, like, uh, give us your solution. What's your idea? What is your solution? And it's the crappiest question possible because uh, I'll tell you, the guy that jumps and tells you I absolutely know is either in on it, (laughs) you know, or is so married to his book or whatever that, 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 that he just has a programmed response. Or, or, or maybe he's just knowingly full of crap because nobody who reasonably studies this uh, at this point in time, th- there has been no sufficient enough of a smoking gun to say that with an absolute certainty, I can present the evidence that shows I know exactly who did it. 
there's some interesting leads. There's some interesting stuff there, not just in the official record, but in the whole of the record. But anyway, let's play John's clip on it. Uh, forget about me. Forget about what Mike says even about this. Let's listen to John Newman and uh, uh, see what he has to say. And and what is the name of that, that guy's name again? Danny Jones, you said? Was it? Was that it? Yeah, that's what it says. All right, Danny Jones. I don't I don't know Danny Jones. I'm not judging you, Danny. I don't think you did a bad thing here. You let John just speak, and that's what you have to do with John on a podcast. So good on you that you decided to uh, get John Newman on your show. I don't know what you know. I don't know what you're into. I don't know if you even care about this topic. I don't know anything about this guy. But anyway, here's what John said on the guy's podcast. Why was the president assassinated and why is it still being covered up? There's a tendency to hate the CIA and to think that that organization acted alone or did almost everything. It's not like that. First of all, you have to understand political should be at the apex of a democracy and the military is is right there at the top with them. In a Cold War, who does the fighting? Fighting is not done by the political military hierarchies because they're not shooting bombs and bullets at each other. The spy services are the ones who do that. So a coup d'etat within a superpower is not done by the spy service. The spy services can help do coups in other countries, but in the United States and in Great Britain and in France and in the Soviet Union, a coup within a country is the military overturning the political hierarchy. That is what happened in 1963. Okay. Now, that was John's answer, and and by the way, that's highly edited, because John does not talk that fast. You can hear the breaths are cut out of it. You can hear the sentences are cut together. And again, I don't blame the guy. He's got music under it, so he's got a little bit of production. Um, This is actually a video thing, too. It looks like John is sitting down and talking to him in the same place. If not, it's uh, pretty well shot to look that way, Uh, so that, you know, it looks like he's on one microphone, John's on the other. Uh, you know, it, it's, well, I, it brings to me two two thoughts. I mean, that's what I was thinking was sure. Uh, it, two two questions. One is, and you're right, it's edited, so it's it is actually not exactly clear what he exactly is saying. But regard to me, it's just a way to start a conversation. Um, yeah. So the two questions I, that it made me think is number one. And I like to take them one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, is the military necessary for a coup to happen? And second, it, when it comes to the Kennedy assassination, was it a coup? Mm. Um, so the the first question he you know, in the clip he mentions the Soviet Union, and I was just you know happened to be reading about that coup right. that took place, and it, and it failed. Um, but ironically, there's a coup immediately afterwards that we're not conscious of, and I'll explain explain that. Um, so in our would you know unless you know if you're our age or older, mm-hmm. uh, when the Soviet Union was in the process of, of falling, Gorbachev was the leader, and there was a coup attempt against him. And what had happened was. Uh, he was on vacation in the Crimea, and he had a regular guard complement of KGB KGB people. Uh, that was the presidential or protection of the premier, um, and they were guarding his place. And we in in the United States, in the West, in everywhere in the world, what we saw was the the a coup 
where he was surrounded. He wasn't allowed to leave right. his place. And uh, a bunch of people got on TV in the Soviet Union and said that they, uh, that Gorbachev was sick and that they were taking control. This was the vice premier, uh, the head of the KGB, and some other officials. Um, now, reading, and then there was a, uh, a to say what happened uh, in a minute, it, uh, the, the rest of the story in a second. But okay. what I found from reading the book was that the head of the KGB, the head of the spy service, so to speak, he was the mastermind behind this coup. Right. Now, he surrounded the, this place and cut off. You know, he had taken control, let's say, of, of Gorbachev and and. Uh, he would, Gorbachev was surrounded for a couple of days, cut off from the world, and they were actually giving him food, you know, not letting him come in and out, but like making him a prisoner. Yeah. Now, this guy wasn't able to do all this, though, without the military. He had the assistance of the head of the army, the Soviet army, right. and he planned the coup with them. So after... The, that was just kept, you know, just taking control of Gorbachev. The second part was the Soviet army entered Moscow and surrounded the Russian parliament. Mm -hmm. uh, tanks were surrounding the Russian parliament. That's where at the time uh, it wasn't a Soviet parliament. It was Russia. That's where Boris Yeltsin was at and, you know, the Russian uh, legislature. Right. people parliament at the time and in the united states we saw images of civilians defending the parliament going and blocking the tanks from uh or putting their bodies between the parliament and the tanks right. boris yeltsin got on a tank and was denouncing uh the coup uh now what ended up happening was the soviet officials doing all this stuff you know, they're making pronouncements and Yeltsin was standing up to them and, and these a thousand or more uh, civilians including western reporters and just tourists even and there was a standoff and the KGB Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky? in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A guy that, that organized this thing, he was telling the... You know, the, the army general that, um, trying to encourage him to take action okay. against this crowd of people and he didn't want to do it. 
he didn't want to cause any bloodshed. The reason why was he feared that if he if civilians and people were killed, it would stain forever the uh, reputation of the Soviet Army. Interestingly enough, this is exactly what happened. In it, well, not exactly, but this the same sentiment happened in 2020 with when we had the riots that year in in May and June. These so-called black these Black Lives Matters riots and and Trump had that photo op in Washington D.C. Uh-huh. When that thing was going on in D.C. for three or four days, there are all these. Um, different press statements made by Trump people and by the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the head of the Air Force uh, basically saying that they uphold the Constitution and and Trump was making demands that the National Guard go in uh, to states and uh, just to have some sort of confrontation with people and they refused the military didn't want any part of it because the leadership of the military because of it would stain their reputation um just as uh kent state did well yeah but in, in, in the 70s okay so anyway i'm not trying to get into trump i'm just saying how important the military yeah. is yeah. in these situations trump could not take over uh, whatever, you know, his uh, trying to get Mike Pence to uh, declare the election invalid. You know, it wouldn't have worked without the military, and he didn't have the support of the military. So the whole thing was never going to work, and it didn't work. So, But in the Soviet Union, this general said, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. And then um, there was... A couple. There's some incident where a couple, not not at this parliament, but somewhere else in Moscow because it was occupied. Uh, so there's a confrontation with some soldiers, and uh, a couple people got killed. Mm-hmm. And after that, I'm talking like three or four people right. shot. And after that, the guy pulled the tanks out, and the coup attempt completely collapsed. Um, it was doomed because it wasn't well planned out that one mistake they made they didn't take they didn't put out good propaganda they on the television they took control of television networks but they didn't put out any reassuring propaganda they just played music okay so i'm a little i'm a little confused mike yeah hang on a second because look talking about the trump thing and a coup in the same you know, discussion is weird because to me there was no coup there. That's like the coup that wasn't a coup. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying there was a coup. Yeah, yeah. I'm no. saying it was impossible to have one. Okay, well, because the military wasn't going to do something like that. All right, but it's just weird because all right, look, let, let, let's rewind this all the just way. Just forget back. about the. Okay, no, Trump no, no, no problem, no problem, no problem. Just forget, forget I mentioned it. No, no, it's okay. But let's just rewind the whole thing all the way back because we had, if you remember, during even the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. There was speculation by the Kennedys that perhaps, uh, you know, uh, Khrushchev had been in a position where maybe he was encircled by his people. Right. That there was pressure from the Politburo and all this. There's different arms of the government, you know, in motion 
during the Cold War with the Soviet Union. And there is a big difference between what it is we were, say, being told, you know, as part of the American public. Uh, obviously, miss Cuban Missile Crisis before you and I were born. But even when we were alive and when Brezhnev was in charge and later on Gorbachev is in charge and there is, you know, the whole thing that goes on there and it gets handed over to Yeltsin. There's a lot of things in play there. And what we were told about the behavior of the Soviet Union is not always accurate, right? Um, There was a lot of propaganda built into that because they wanted to be represented in a certain way. You even talked about the images we were shown here in the West, uh, you know, of these, okay, the civilians are standing up to the tanks. Is that really what the overall situation looked like? Or was it worse? Or was that just the images they wanted us to see? Uh, I would say that's still an open question, right? Um Anyway, let's, well, but, but it, that, military, that, was, but, that was really happening. Of course it was really uh, happening, but I'm saying. But, but what, yeah. what I would say is. Well, to wind this we, all up, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, uh, get, let me okay. get to this other point because I'm, I'm going to bring it to a point I think you want to get to. I'm just saying let's lay this all out. Uh, when, when you look at something where there is an executive in the government, uh, whatever their name is, right? Whatever they are by name, they are the executive. They are the commander in chief, so to speak. We understand these terms here, right? Uh, our president, is, you know, commander in chief of the military. Okay, fine. That means that no matter what you do, if you're going to decapitate the government, wherever it is in the world, doesn't matter if it's U.S. government or otherwise, you don't necessarily need the military to be involved, but you're going to need to, you know, look at them as a factor because one way or another, they could be uh, wielded against you if you're making that move or they, they could support the president. They could turn on him. They could, turn, you know, the executive, whatever that may be, president, prime minister, uh, king, uh, sovereign lord, whatever they call him. It doesn't matter. Uh, if he has command of the military, you got to deal with them as a factor. Now, command and support are two different things at a key moment. If the military doesn't answer the call of the commander-in-chief because all of the commanders below the commander-in-chief don't send the call out, guess what happens? The, the, the you know, alleged commander-in-chief is, uh, with, is, is rudderless, has no ability to steer that military. All right. These circumstances could vary in various coups, and we know that after studying stuff like what happened to Patrice Lumumba, right? We know that about what happened to, uh, take a look at Vietnam, right? Uh, New and DM. Well, gee, what, what happened? They were sort of hung out to dry. If all their people kind of rallied around them, if the military had stood in support of, in guard over, it would have been a different situation. Various situations happen where governments are overthrown. And now, let's take that to the United States. Because people have said this this coup or coup d'etat for a long time. Common phrase, common parlance. I think in the 1970s was the first time that there was like a book with a title that was like coup d'etat in America, right? Um, I'm trying to think of the author of that book. Fairly well-known guys, two guys. It doesn't matter. Again, the idea that it was a coup. Uh, we, we, we heard that repeated over and over again. We, we heard that on the men who killed Kennedy. This was an overthrow of the government because the chief executive was removed from power by violent means. Could that be a coup? Not in and of itself, but it is part of it because you have to actually take away the entire, you know, you got to shift that 
into somebody else's hands because what is a coup after all, right? And it can be done in different ways. You've heard of a bloodless coup, etc., etc. Either way, the military is always a factor, though. Do they have to be an active participant in a said coup? No, they can be in a stand down. They can basically do nothing and wait for exactly how it turns over. Or even, uh, you know, you remember Musharraf when he took over Pakistan, right? Mm -hmm. There was a military coup that took out the civilian government. And there's another thing where the military takes over and you end up with a military, there's different names for this too as well, where the military takes command of the government that was previously held by the civilian authority, whether through uh, royal sovereignty or through uh, uh, you know the, the, the votes of the people. It doesn't matter again because the military is a necessary ingredient here, but they're not necessarily uh, the one of the active ingredients. They don't have to be active in a coup. Now, Getting back to <laughs> Newman, where he uses this word, talks about it this way. I don't know if it's advisable to do that because is it really a coup, even if you're correct, even if uh, uh, so on and so forth. I think by necessity, there has to be a military element here because uh, that's just the way it looks to me. But do they have to be, does the military proper have to be any sort of active member of the overthrowing of the country, the overthrowing of the government? And in truth, uh, only the chief executive was removed. Now, one could say Johnson was a different sort of leader, and that's exactly what it was. It was meant to be regime change. There's another fun euphemism. And it was meant to change things over. And I, and I do think it was uh, meant to change things over to get a more friendly president there to get a more friendly commander-in-chief who would wield the military, who would push the Congress, who would push the direction of the country in a way that was more profitable for certain people. I think that's plausible. Uh, and it does seem as though, to me, just based on a lot of different pieces of, of evidence, that there may have indeed been a military element to this. Now, does it mean that the military was active in the assassination of JFK. No. One of the points that Newman is making there, and it's really quickly edited together, again, they cut out his breaths. I don't know if they cut out some words, but they definitely sped up the way he was talking, put music under him. You know, they, they made it sound a lot more interesting in the quick 60-second rush, I guess, so it would play on TikTok and stuff better. Again, um, he says, look, a lot of people want to blame the CIA. If, if you listen closely, right? The CIA, that's it. They're the only ones. So what he's saying is it's not always just the spy agencies involved. They couldn't necessarily pull it off alone because they would need to have a military something in there. I didn't quite understand that part. But either way, somebody would say that if the spy agencies were fully responsible for a coup, for the decapitation of, of any government anywhere, anybody's spy agencies, anybody's, you know, uh, spook community was going to take on the responsibility of overthrowing a government somewhere, they would have to contend with the military. They might conspire with the military because it would be useful to have the military actively involved. But is it necessary for them to do it? Probably not. Do they have to contend with it? Yes, because, again, that chief executive, especially in the case of a failure or a partial success in attempting to decapitate a government, could easily turn the military against those that tried to overthrow the leader. 
whatever that is, you know, whether they become an honorary general or they are now, you know, the leader supreme or whatever it is they want to call themselves, the president, prime minister, the king, it doesn't matter. Here we go. The prime leader. They have the military to wield. You better contend with it. You better be prepared for it. You should probably figure out in advance what you're going to do, depending on the way the military reacts to you. Sure. Um, that's why I thought the Trump thing was weird, because that was about National Guard and domestic disturbance and posse commentatus. And I mean, there was a lot of things in play there that, again, I don't think relate to this, except that you got to remember, no matter what you do, that. The chief executive, technically speaking, should have the military uh, under his control, under his command. Now, does that mean, again, that they'll always respond exactly in kind when these guys make a demand, when these guys give an order? Well, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And we've seen that historically. That is different than even that, that uh, you know, that contingent, that guard that you were talking about kind of turning against uh, uh, Gorbachev at one point. Because, again, that's almost like... Um, a military wing of the Secret Service that was protecting him, uh, you know, for our translation, a militarized Secret Service. Imagine that. That's what kind of guard he had, to my understanding. Some of these guys have, you know, palace guards, presidential guards, special details, uh, so on and so forth. And some of them do use detachments from the military in order to guard themselves. So, you know, it really sucks that they don't have the loyalty of the general military because part of that is their personal bodyguards. That really is bad. <laughs> A lot of things are in play here. But I think it is, if you're going to use a word like coup, and not you, Mike, but I mean anybody, uh, I think that, that that is a specific circumstance, that's a specific result. Failure or successful coup are definitely defined differently by different people. Um, you know, one man's coup is another man's proper revolution by the people. Uh, you know, uh, removing the corrupt leader or removing the legitimate leader by illegitimate means, a lot of times that Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Adjec that set of adjectives alone is controlled by who it is that, you know, emerges victorious eventually. Uh, the military coup in Pakistan, like I was talking about, yeah, well, you know, nobody really thought of it as a big overthrow of the government because it was successful. And once it was, and Musharraf had gained absolute control of the government and had control of the military both simultaneously, nobody was going to argue as long as Pakistan was functional, most of their allies and enemies were satisfied with that. Business kind of went on as usual afterwards. If he didn't have control of the military, or if he didn't have all the civilian government pretty much coming to heel quickly, would have been a different story. In the case of this, the Kennedy assassination, you definitely have a regime change of sorts, although a lot of mainstream, mainstream historians would say, no, there wasn't. It's a Democrat for a Democrat. It's no big deal. Yeah, if you just go with labels, that's fine. But yeah, I'm sure you can see through behavior, through immediate policy changes, there was definitely a regime change, even if he didn't change out all the personnel, which, again, is usually a strategic consideration. So 
I think it's interesting that you're examining the coup and, and on this word coup because was this actually a coup d'etat? I've heard a lot of people, people from Cyril Weck to that author I was talking about uh, in the 70s to various people have said it over the years. This was a coup d'etat. This was an overthrow of our legitimate government. Uh, in, in that, it was the removal of a, if you say he was legitimately elected, if it is the fact that he was removed, it is an overthrow of the will of the people. It's an overthrow of an individual in the government. It's a change in control, a change in policy, a change in face, even if he kept most of the cabinet on. Uh, but is it legitimately a coup? I don't know if you can legitimately call it that. And I, I do believe that there, there was a purposeful overthrow of the chief executive. But could you actually technically call this a coup at all, Mike? Um, I'm dubious of calling it that. Um, you know, I didn't. Let's just, for the sake of the argument, say. Well, the reason I'm dubious of saying that it's not so much who did the assassination. Right. It's more that. Um, Kennedy's killed. I do believe over his policies mm-hmm. and a change in policies were made after his assassination. Um, I so, think, so you, you know, agree. Yeah. So yeah. In, in short, you agree with most of what I was saying is that we have a change in policy. We have a change in the behavior of the government, a change in the chief executive. But did we have an overthrow of the government? I, yeah, I don't. That's a different I, thing, I, right? I, that I, I don't <laughs> believe so. Um, in fact, <laughs> you know, like uh, like the Soviet, these different coup examples, you really having a dramatic change, not just simply one leader most of the time, but a, a real shuffling around of, at the very least, <laughs> a shuffling around of, of who's in charge right. of various positions, at the very least, more often a, a real transformation of, of the government um, of some, you know, some extreme. With the Kennedy assassination, I don't think the government really changed uh, the next day. You know, I know it's easy to say, well, it was, you know, I think the changes people think happened as far as becoming more militaristic or um, whatever you think happened after the assassination. I think those changes already were taking place. Uh, in the, over over the course of the past two decades, so I, I don't think the government was dramatically transformed the day after the assassination, mm. or you know, I just think the president was replaced by people who wanted a change in policy. Well, let me ask and you I, this: I don't even think they got everything they wanted. No, they but. didn't. But let me ask you this about that specific thing, then, just real fast. I'd love to get yeah. your opinion on this because I've never actually asked you this question. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at it, Kennedy is actually changing policies when it comes to the deeply bellicose nature of the Cold War. Some of his policy changes are different. He's not jumping right away to invade certain places. These are points I make all the time, yeah. especially about the Vietnam policy change. He was making changes. 
And the trajectory of everything, and this is why it looks different, the trajectory of things, the way things were going to go is that we should have probably invaded either Laos or gone full into Vietnam before Kennedy was killed, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of things that people wanted, uh, maybe more of a show of force over uh, East and West Berlin and East and West Germany, stuff like this. There were a bunch of places where there could have been confrontations with the Soviet Union, uh, more direct displays i mean i know we had the cuban missile crisis but that was a little different right um but there would have been more of that i think there would have been other things there if kennedy had been doing business as usual going forward with things i think he was the change and here's the thing people said no no no, bring it back around to where it was before so johnson is the reestablishment of that status quo at the executive level. That's the policy change they wanted. I don't think that it was, you know, and, and that's the weird thing where it's like Kennedy was just turning toward peace. No, he had a kind of a different notion of these things to begin with. He wasn't necessarily, even though his rhetoric was all about, I'm a cold warrior. Of course, I'm a cold warrior because he had to be. It didn't seem like that was the primary focus of his policies. He had other ideas about maybe we should cooperate a little more. Maybe we should work together a little more. Maybe we should. And that's why people were calling him a communist and saying he was selling us out to the Soviets and stuff like that. You know, like the, the propaganda they were printing about him even in Dallas on the day he died. So he was the change. And the people that didn't want that change said, no, we need to get back to business as usual. So that's why he gets shut down. It's not a matter of we need to change the policy because the trajectory of the country is this way. That's the perception that somebody would have had is that that's where we would have gone. Right? I mean, is not is that the way you see it or do you think I'm nuts? I, the thing that, the, it's okay to I, say I'm nuts if you think so. No, I'm not, it's not that you're nuts. <laughs> okay. My, 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 view i actually agree with a lot of what newman is thinks uh and believes i mean uh to just have some differences in details but um i think the i think the people were that carried out the assassination yeah. i think what they're trying to do is trigger a war and the war that happened was an escalation in Vietnam, mm-hmm. but I think they were trying to, you know, trigger a war or hoping to get an invasion of Cuba, and it didn't didn't happen. Mm. Um, okay, so, I think what they were trying to do yeah. was create a crisis, which they did. It just, you know, in the in the government through the assassination that they thought hoped would lead to war then that's why oswald was used as a instrument to take the fall and even if not specifically cuba what they would have wanted is more uh confrontations with the soviet union through different you know you know uh what do you call them uh client states and things like that right so an amping up of the cold war with some skirmishes some uh surrogate warfare some you know proxy wars things like this they wanted that even if it wasn't an invasion of cuba let's have more of that to keep the business of that going and you could reasonably say that there's evidence for for your idea well that's that's what happened 
Well, and that is what happened. But there, there, you could reasonably say that there is more evidence for that than a lot of people know about because you've sat down and listened to tapes of, guess what, the Joint Chiefs and stuff, right? And the meetings with Kennedy where pretty much they're trying to push him to different things. Uh, the, the craziest thing, of well, course, is the first me, nuclear like, strike deal. But, I mean, yeah. but there's more, right? They wanted, again, I point out, Germany. They wanted a more aggressive kind of policy in Germany and things like that. Uh, let, let's, you know, let's maybe fire a couple of shots over the wall once in a while. Let's not just have people shadowing each other over the Berlin Wall. Um, let's have more confrontations in a lot of places that you don't read about. Uh, let's, let's yeah, let's confront them directly about Cuba. Let's kick them out of our backyard. This was the kind of attitude they had, right? Be more aggressive in the Cold War. Let's at least bring it up to lukewarm. This was what a lot of people were pushing for, right? It's even more radical than that. Okay, See, go ahead. They, some people, particularly in the Air Force, they were pushing to win the Cold War, not to um, just have this little brush fire wars and go on and on and on and make money for the military industrial complex. No, but they wouldn't have objected to it. But like, but the, no, no, the, yeah. they did object to it. Though. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It seemed like they wouldn't have objected to it, but they were literally see, see, talking about nuclear strikes too. To well, they were talking about nuclear strikes. Like we could win in a nuclear exchange. We no, just no, have they, to strike it, first. It, stuff it, like if that. You look at the, yeah. Once LBJ is in office, yeah. we have the Vietnam War. Right. And, you know, the, the, the memory or stereotype, whatever you want to call it, is that it was a endless, windless drain. That's what most people think today. And that you either think that it was a complete drain and unable to win and, you know, just pointless, or you think that we didn't do enough, which meant at the time, enough bombing. Um, now, the Air Force, the Marine, the head of the Marines, when Johnson was president, yeah. um, the head of the Navy, the, these three men on the Joint Chiefs of Staff, it was no longer the, the Marine general wasn't the shoop guy that was with Kennedy. It was a different guy, Green something, something. I forget his first name. Okay. But anyway, these guys, they had a plan to to um, do mass bombing in North Vietnam right. and um, escalate even up to the use of using uh, bombing China and using nuclear weapons. The same exact plan that they presented to Kennedy mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, in Laos, they presented it again, uh, basically, to Johnson, but to use it for uh, North Vietnam. Okay. Now, he didn't do it, obviously, and instead, they sent troops in piecemeal. But their argument was, Johnson's argument and McNamara's argument was that that plan... If they tried to do it, China would have come in just like they did in Korea, and it would be a total disaster. Right, and we, uh, and, and, and lead a... to either 
you know, complete debacle or a nuclear war. Their argument, mm. though, was that we had such overwhelming superiority in strategic nuclear weapons that China wouldn't come in. And they didn't have an atomic bomb to 1965. So they believe there was a window of intervention. And John, and, 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 and so, but what I'm saying is that they didn't want these little brush fire, winless wars. They wanted to win and they were very angry at the way the Vietnam War was carried out. Okay. The, you're In talking fact, about the proper military guys. Seven. Yeah. The, the, the proper anger, military Their guys. anger right. was directed at Robert McNamara. Right. A, a, along with some congressional allies and Senate allies they had. And he, that was one reason he ended up being resigning. It's not simply that he disagreed with Johnson over the war at that point, right. but he had lost his own complete political support in the system. Right. So I'm not, I'm saying these things not to say that they're right. I don't believe they were right. I'm just saying that's what they believed. And it's a, <laughs> it, 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 it's in the course of events, you know, of this quagmire yeah. is not, what they wanted. Well, no, no, of course not. Look, I, I am not saying that this is what the military wanted. What the military wants and what the people that simply are there to be war profiteers want are not necessarily the same thing. Uh, it, it is a, a thing of beauty to the profiteers when their when military interests align with them, but they try and utilize these things. Now, what you're talking about, in my mind, is the let's do it right next time uh, uh, scenario. And the whole thing that you described about Vietnam. Well, it's not from let's soldiers. do it right next time. It's let's do it right now well, of while course. we got time. Oh, okay, but let me let me finish why I'm saying <laughs> next time because here's why. Yeah. I heard this for years from soldiers, uh, you know, I mean, low-level grunt guys all the way on up, different people about Vietnam. It was either, look, we could have won if they would have let us, if they would have just let us loose and we could have bombed the hell out of it, we could have won. Or, you know, I heard those arguments. Okay, and there was this sentiment of next time, let's not have a Vietnam. Okay, what you're describing here, what what they're talking about doing and how we have this window, we can win it. They're trying to avoid Korea. Okay, they're trying to avoid Korea, where in reality, that's right. right. What happens is, uh, you know, why do we have a North and South Korea? Okay, because we're engaged in that conflict there, and the Chinese came in and did what? Pushed us back and set us back to such a degree that, boom, now you have this situation where we had an armistice instead of even, there wasn't even technically an end to the Korean War until a couple of years ago, okay, Uh, in a technical sense, (laughs) right? Because you, you had this circumstance where China came in. Now, somebody... And a lot of people had the mentality of, we don't want to repeat the mistake of Korea with Vietnam. And that was probably the prevailing wisdom in military circles. And this happens when there is a perceived problem, a defeat, a loss of sorts, or a non-victory of some kind, an incomplete victory. 
Uh, just like the guys who are saying after Iraq, right, after the first Desert Storm, Desert Shield event, all that, what were people saying? If we go back in there next time, we got to make sure that we take out Hussein, right? Because nobody wants to repeat that mistake, letting him build back up because he's just going to be somebody we got to visit again in the future. This is conventional military thinking. If a total victory is not achieved, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Were you saying something? Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm something popped up. It's oh, okay. My apologies. I, but, but anyway, this this is conventional stuff in in military circles. Yeah. When a an incomplete victory or a loss or a tie or a whatever, something that is not viewed as an absolute and complete victory in military terms occurs. It is often what I see with the United States military anyway, a let's not let that happen this time mentality. Right, right. Yeah, they're always fighting. That's that's the thing. They're always fighting the last war. Right. So and the whole thing with what you're bringing up with Laos makes that point, too, because it's like, you know what? You know why we're dealing with this problem in Vietnam? Because we didn't deal with it like we should have in Laos. Let's not make the mistake of not of, of not attacking Laos like we didn't. Right. Yeah. It's always about what the last war was. And let's not have that happen again. Um, and that's the way it's been outside of, you know, people would say that, OK, we had absolute victories all the way through to World War Two. Look, we can make arguments about that and we could talk about the reality of some very lucky occurrences that allowed the United States to prevail in previous conflicts to World War Two, uh, which, you know, look, you 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 could mention these things in in probably a follow-up to your book if you wanted to <laughs> but um but as we go further from world war ii on you're now dealing with you know look the idea that that was a complete victory right that was a complete victory that's the exemplar of great victory cooperation with our allies we were so cooperative we even cooperated with the soviet union to get the job done and this was the the good war Right. This was the the good, the righteous, the moral, the morally correct war, the thing that we did right. And victory was achieved. The axis was destroyed. Japan surrendered. Germany surrendered. We had total victory there. But ever since then, all these other conflicts, you see, you end up with incomplete victories and it leaves a residue for the next possible conflict where. Here we go. Let's not repeat Korea in Vietnam. Let's not repeat Vietnam in Iraq. Let's not repeat Iraq in Iraq. Uh, you know, this is and I know I'm kind of oversimplifying, but I know what I'm speaking to is, is true. They're always kind of fighting the last war, like you said. So, look. That's what's going on here. But again, I think that the idea that uh, just to get back to the whole thing with Newman and everything here, mm. people were attacking the crap out of him on the comments and all this other stuff with no idea of what he's speaking to. Not even. And, and by the way, he wasn't even getting into the complexities that you and I just got into here. He was just saying that a spy agency alone, just blaming the CIA is not sufficient. That sets, yeah, that's always said. That sets some people off in a lot of bad directions because oh, how, could, how dare you say the CIA didn't do it? Of course it was the CIA, 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 CIA. Look, I do not contend that there couldn't have been an element. There couldn't have been former people of. There couldn't have been, you know, I hate to use the old the old phrase, rogue elements of. Not necessarily even rogue. But CIA proper didn't coordinate this. And 
you know, anybody who was involved, they're not going to use proper CIA channels as proper as they can be. But could they be involved? Yes. Could they pull it off alone? No. Would you have to contend with the military in the case of something that you describe as a coup? Absolutely, no matter where you are, no matter what the size of the military is. But do you need military involvement to pull off a coup? Was this a coup? Okay, I've got a problem with calling it a coup. Um, And I, I don't see what the problem is with what Newman even said, except that he flew in the face of people's preconceived notions. Oh, it's the CIA. It's just the CIA. That's it. So outside of that, what, what did he do wrong here? I mean, look, again, I, 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 I argue with maybe he shouldn't be using the word coup, but that's a descriptor some people could use. And you can't argue that there wasn't regime change of sorts. Right, I, I think right. like you and I agree that, look, Kennedy was changing things. They wanted to go back to the business as it was before, which was not the way Kennedy was conducting things and the way he was steering things at the moment. So they wanted to go back to more of what it used to be <laughs> and not in the JFK direction. And they were thinking they were going to get that with Johnson. They did. But like you said, they might have not gotten all they wanted either. Uh, they got some of it, but we didn't get a direct confrontation with the Soviet Union. We didn't get a greater confrontation. And the reason why I brought up those brush fire wars is not so that they would continue and be uh, unending. The idea is that that would have justified the overall thing. We can win the Cold War. And the idea of a first strike solution, look, if we sneak attack them, we get a first strike on them, we can win a nuclear exchange. I mean, that was brought up. Not once, not twice, but many times during this time period. Let's eliminate the threat, right? Um, and there were different ways of going about it. And and if we would have been in conflict with them, you know, in three, four, five different spots on the globe, that would have justified the use of extreme force to get the job done, I think. Now, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm crazy, but again, I don't see what the problem with Newman here <laughs> is that these people have, because it's wild. It's like, they just start attacking him. Oh, Lee Harvey Oswald's girlfriend said this. Oh, this guy just, this guy's covering stuff up because he, really, they're just mad because he doesn't say, look, the CIA killed Kennedy, which is what they want him to say, which is what they wanted to hear when they tuned in, and mainly because this guy titled the clip. How did he, let me go look and see real fast. I forget what the title of the clip is. but The I know, real reason for Kennedy's assassination. There you go. I wanted to make sure I was correct about it. The real reason for Kennedy's assassination. That's the short clip. You put that out there. That means that somebody who wants to hear the short answer, not because it was fed to them in the algorithm, but people will search this stuff out. And they might actually put that exact phrase into a search engine. The real reason for Kennedy's assassination, because they think they can get that in a 60-second video, <laughs> right? So they go get it, and they go, oh, well, okay, this guy's got to say the CIA did it. And he didn't. So they're disappointed, and they're pissed off. And that's what the major problem is, by the way, with podcasting, discussing historical events, discussing deep politics, discussing politics anymore, uh, uh, Mike. And, and with this, I, I'm going to 
going to bring this all to a close with you, if you don't mind, because sure. we've been at it about an hour, and I think sure. we've covered some interesting ground here, but I want to hear what you have to say about all this, and I, I give it to you for the last whatever time you want to use, uh, and you can go as long as you like and say whatever you want, as per usual, and I love it. Mike Swanson, again, the guy behind WallStreetWindow.com, uh, the author of The War State, a book I highly recommend, as well as Why the Vietnam War. Um and you and I have, are, are understanding each other here. It's just I had a different process about going about it. But I think you and I come together on this pretty much. Uh, there's nothing wrong with what Newman said in this 60-second clip. But if you are doing what most people do when they go in search of the easy answer and they want just, you know, Google, tell me the real reason. Hey, Siri, tell me the real reason for Kennedy's assassination. <laughs> okay. If you think you're going to find it with that easy solution, then John Newman did not provide you with the answer that you already had in your mind. And most people, when they're going to search out podcasts and stuff like that anymore, they used to go, I want to learn something. I want to hear something new. I want to hear something different. I want to pick up on new information. I want to learn about a new book. I want to take a look at history in a different way. I want to examine current events in a unique way. That's what people used to do looking through podcasts and any kind of media. I mean, whether it was, you know, their ebooks or their audiobooks or anything when they wanted to educate themselves about geopolitics, you know, uh, uh, the, the politics of war, the art of war, if you will, all of that. People used to want to learn. Nowadays, all they really want is a solid echo chamber that's going to give them back the echo that they've decided they want. So unless you're going to echo my own opinion back at me, you are every name in the book. You're covering up. You're you're just protecting the bad guys, whoever they may be, the deep state, the establishment. The, that's all you are. And that's it. So it doesn't matter what else you say because you didn't agree with me. That is the general attitude, and I'm confronted with it all the time. I just don't have a, a public comment sections. Actually, I do on the website, <laughs> but people have a hard time figuring out how to use it. I have a chat room, too. People go in there sometimes and say plenty of things. But honestly, I, I, I just I, I know what this is. If you don't tell people exactly what they already had in their mind they wanted to hear – you're going to get some negativity. And that's exactly what happened to John Newman here, who in this 60-second clip didn't say anything, you know, too ridiculous. And I listened to some of those other pieces you sent me, too, um, some of them much less edited. Uh, but but either way, edited or not, John's not saying anything crazy. John's not saying anything that you should be freaking out about. Uh, and, and meanwhile, people are attacking him who, who uh, seemingly have absolutely no base of knowledge. I mean, you could disagree with his conclusions, like I said, but this, but, but clearly it, it, it's like somebody arguing with you because they think they're good at checkers and, you know, you're a chess player. They've never played chess, but they're yelling at you that you don't know how to jump the king. I mean, th th that's kind of what's going on here with these people in the comment section and the reaction to these podcasts and everything else. That is the way of the world anymore. So, Mike, I I'll, I'll leave it to you to close it out any which way you want. I mean, I know you were going to get more into the Soviet thing, and we could do that any time. But, uh, but what it comes down to here, as far as I'm concerned is uh, th this is what happens when you, you throw, you know, what, what what's the old Christian expression, pearls before swine, right? You give them knowledge that they don't know how to read, 
don't understand who is speaking, what they're speaking from, or what they're speaking about, but you didn't tell them the thing that they came there to hear, yeah, you're going to get booed off the stage. That's just all there is to it, uh, whether it's at the church or it's at the local theater or it's at the comedy club. If you didn't come and give them what they wanted to hear, you know, if you're not at the rock club playing covers, <laughs> if you're not at the local bar playing their audience requests, if you're not the DJ doing the right thing as far as people are concerned and playing their songs back at them that they already wanted to hear, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be hostile. But anyway. Anything else you want to say about this, the the idea of a coup, the historical relevance of it, the treatment of John Newman? I'm going to try and get John on soon, by the way. But go, go ahead, Mike. I really don't have anything else to add. You pretty much uh, did a good job describing how I feel about uh, the way the Internet is nowadays. I mean, I'll just say it's kind of... Well, I wasn't trying to speak for you. Please, vent. I mean, say what you want about this because you do you get negative stuff? The things that you write on occasion, I mean, outside of your local politics thing, which we didn't even cover today, do you get negativity from people about your general statements about historical stuff? Like people are like, well, you're a moron. No, you no, don't know. No, 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 not, no? not really. Wow. But okay. like the thing about what you're saying, though, one thing that's – I've really started to believe or see this uh, around January, February. And both of us have made content on the internet now forever, right? Uh, in a serious fashion. I don't I mean just like you know, people think posting on social media is making content, but um, I've done a lot locally in the past couple of years. And in fact, before I came over here, I was at. A, a meeting okay. uh, but anyway um, I wrote an article on my website and uh, somebody that has been going to a couple of the board of supervisors meetings and speaking you know out about different things he disagreed with, with an article I wrote and he was doing a video talking about it and other people he was disagreeing with that were on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And he said that I, I mean, he was looking at his cell phone, <laughs> filming himself talking. And he said that, and he brought up my article. Right. And he saw it on Facebook on the phone. Then he clicks to my website where the article is at. And he said that I was running the newspaper where I live, which has a completely different name. Right. And the point of that is I'm not downing the person. It's that I believe a lot of people can't tell what they're what the sources that they're even reading stuff from because they all look the same if you're using a cell phone so many of the websites you know on the phone they just look all the same all the news websites don't look that much different so it all kind of just blends together Uh, well and if they're not all the same mike don't they they wind up being fed through these different things so that very different sources all get fed through the same stupid you know like your your news break app everybody's i'm sending you a news story no you sent me the news break 
uh, Clay, you know, uh, uh, link is what you sent me. Everybody's sending me these news link, uh, news break uh, links, right? So they all look the same now. It all appears to be the same thing. You could say that you've been on news break and so has, you know, Donald Trump. Uh, you, you guys are both coming out of the same newspaper. It's not a newspaper. It's an app. Yeah. It's a funneling system. So it's like Facebook is not an original platform usually. No, most people don't put original content on Facebook. They repost it again and again. It's, but, yeah, it becomes this stew where, you know, how do you separate now once you made a stew? You don't separate the meat from the vegetables. Now they all kind of have the same flavor, don't they? Because they all become part of one thing. And that's the way news has become. You you can't even uh, suss out which source it is anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, th- th- this is the point at which we're at. And meanwhile, I-, I stand by firmly this idea that unless you give people exactly what it is they came to, to hear, what they had in their minds already so that they can cheerlead for it and go, yeah, that's right, because it matches their opinion they already had. Yeah, you get uh, nasty reactions. You get negativity because they're not happy with that. You're supposed to tell them what they wanted to hear. I mean, you know that, right, Mike? I mean, that's just that's the way it is, right? Yeah, and it's not going to get better. I, I, <laughs> I mean, love, it's just got it's gotten worse over the years. Is that that same it, guy we played it, clips from on the show? By the way, who was like sitting there with the uh, uh, saying that you run the newspaper? Because why not? You run a newspaper now, Mike. Yeah, sure. It, Wall Street Window is not a newspaper, but uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I mean, maybe it could be in the future. You, you could make it into a newspaper, right? Yeah, he's saying I'm running another news, you know, something, something I have nothing to do with. I know, you know? I know. He I thinks know. I'm a, a news reporter, or, you know, someone else, basically. Well, and he also said something about you running Facebook groups or some crap, too, didn't he? Oh, no, I'm not talking. I'm talking about someone completely different. Oh, it's a That's different a, guy. Okay. You're talking about this board of supervisors character. <laughs> it's good, but that guy was saying you're running Facebook groups. And I yeah, he's myself, just trying to fool people. Yeah, but that's too funny to me because I'm like, I, I can't think of a Facebook group you're running. I, look, granted, I'm not on Facebook very often, but I don't think you're running Facebook. Are you running Facebook groups, Mike? I didn't think you were. No, I'm not. I didn't think so. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, uh, okay. But see, but see the different ways they've described you now. You're a reporter for you. You control a newspaper. You run a newspaper. You're, <laughs> you're a Facebook group guy. All these different things that you don't do, and, and, and none of them saying what it is you actually do. And meanwhile. You're just actively involved in local politics, and uh, oh, I know what the problem well, the, is. Well, the person I was talking <laughs> yeah. about, they're literally, you know, they're, they're genuinely not confused. You know, confused. The person you're talking about is trying to fool people. Ah, uh, well, but see, but there it's it is. A whole different thing. It's difficult to tell the difference between somebody who has been fooled and somebody who's trying to fool others in this case, right? <laughs> Isn't that true? Because it's hard to tell which is which, right? Is this guy confused or is he trying to confuse people? Right. right. I mean, and and it Really, it almost looks the same. Wow, isn't that funny? So I'll tell you what, Mike. I'll I'll give you my final comment. You can say anything you want, but I'll give you. Uh, my... I, I, I don't really have much more to say. Uh... No, no problem. <laughs> I'll give you something to consider. Then how's that? Okay. Uh, uh, the the most recent. Uh, let's see here. Uh, when when was this done? At uh, oh, about an hour before we went to air. Elon Musk on X. I I I'm going to quote Elon Musk. <laughs> You know why? 
Because cause I, I somehow think people that are tuned into my show might want to hear this. So there you go. I'm giving in to you. Ready? There is no easy way from Earth to the stars. He quotes Seneca, 40 A.D. That's his tweet uh, about, well, about two hours ago now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just well, letting that, just I'm just leave, letting that we'll roll just leave around. with that thought. Well, there you go, right? We'll, we'll, just, we'll just leave him like that. I hope that's what you wanted to hear. How about that, guys? Mike Swanson, <laughs> WallStreetWindow.com. Uh, are you going to be back with me next week? I, I'm not 100% sure. All right. If not, I know you'll be back again soon, and we'll be talking about the Lancer Conference, and we'll be at Lancer pretty soon because it's only, uh, hey, look, it's less than two, two months away now, right? Yeah, it's coming up, coming up. Coming up quick. So we'll be in Dallas together. Hopefully uh, some of you will join us there, etc. But in the meantime, go to WallStreetWindow.com, be in the know, and also look up, buy, get yourself a copy of Why the Vietnam War and The War State, both of them authored by the great Mike Swanson. The Ocelli Effect will continue. Gold, silver, the stock market. WallStreetWindow.com. Perhaps you're invested deeply. Perhaps you're not in deep enough. Maybe you're thinking about getting started. WallStreetWindow.com. Michael Swanson, the brilliant author of The War State, understood these trends professionally for many years, and now he gives you the benefit of his knowledge. WallStreetWindow.com. Go there now. Go there now. Go there now. Do you like history, real history, that you were never taught in schools? Why? The Vietnam War, nuclear bombs and nation building in Southeast Asia by author Mike Swanson with new documentation never seen before that will open your eyes to events that led up to this. Why? The Vietnam War, nuclear bombs and nation building in Southeast Asia, 1945 through 1961. Get your copy today at Amazon. Why? The Vietnam War by author Mike Swanson. The War State by Michael Swanson explains the great national transformation that took place and put the Kennedy presidency in the context of the times and reveals never-before-published information about the Cuban Missile Crisis. President Kennedy would not have been assassinated if he had been president 200 years ago. His assassination took place in the context of the Cold War and the rise of the national security state. Before World War II, the United States was a continental republic. In the decade that followed, it became an imperial superpower. Generals such as Curtis LeMay not only wanted to invade Cuba, but knew that there were short-range missiles on the island armed with nuclear warheads that they could not destroy because they were on mobile launchers. Their invasion could have led to a third world war, and they wanted to go to war anyway. The War State by Michael Swanson reveals why and will show you what President Kennedy was up against. For more information, thewarstate.com. Revelation through conversation. Go ahead, caller. Yeah, I'm interested in the truth about the JFK assassination. Right. Well, what do you want to know? Judy Baker's wild claim. Oswald girlfriend. He knew Ruby and Barry. Cancer weapons. Really? I imagine I could claim I have four wheels. It doesn't make me a wagon, but okay. Oswald was on the kill team and trying to prevent the murder of John Kennedy. Come on now. Has a real effort on the JFK assassination built into her claim? Go to Amazon.com. Enter Judith Baker in her own words. You'll get results for 
a digital copy of a book where Walt Brown utilizes her own words and the known evidence in the case to get at, well, <laughs> a different perspective, let's say. You can get Judith Barry Baker in her own words from the author himself, signed if you request it, by contacting Dr. Brown at K-I-A-S-J-F-K at AOL.com. It's a fun book and it actually dissects the many, many fantastic claims. Judith Barry Baker in her own words. Thank you for all the great information. Ochilly.com.
The views expressed by callers, co-hosts, or anyone else who happens to get on the air at Ocelli.com do not necessarily reflect the views of Ocelli.com or Chuck Ocelli. And we are not responsible for any stupidity which might ensue. Thank you. In Denial, Secret Wars with Airstrikes and Tanks by Larry Hancock. Secret Wars became a staple of U.S. covert operations and are still happening today. Larry Hancock's book, In Denial, rips the cover off many of them. Using new files, it exposes things about the Bay of Pigs that no one has ever written about before. It shows why it really failed and why the United States did not learn from it. It also shows why other countries today are doing secret operations with more success. This is the book that puts what some want to deny into the light. In Denial, Secret Wars with Airstrikes and Tanks. Larry Hancock. For more information, go to Larry-Hancock.com. Pick up your copy of In Denial at Amazon.com in digital or physical form. Revelation through conversation. Ocelli.com. 